If you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 1 and verses 12 through 14. I just want to look at very quickly. Uh, It should be significant to each one of us that the first act of the disciples as they gathered together, really even preceding Pentecost, was they gathered together for prayer. And I think what we could say is that prayer is the forerunner of revival. Prayer um, precedes the work of God. It prepares the way for the work of God. It paves the way for God to come. And a forerunner, just a bit of background, a forerunner was one who prepared the way for the coming of the king. And so we know the passage concerning John the Baptist, that he was to, to lift up the low places and lower the high places and make straight the crooked places. It was a metaphor for repentance to prepare the way for the coming of Christ, the Messiah. I think we can borrow from that analogy and say that prayer is somewhat of a a forerunner for the fullness of the power of the Spirit to come. And the early church knew that, and even in Acts 6, when they became very busy and the widows were being overlooked and they wanted the apostles to stop what they were doing and to begin to feed the widows, and, and, and Peter spoke up and said, no, Uh, We must give ourselves to prayer and to the word. And even there in the order that Peter places it, we we see the the priority of prayer being uh, really the tip of the spear uh, to lead the way. And so just looking at this passage here in in Acts chapter one, um, let, let me just read it. Then they returned to Jerusalem, verse 12, from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they, had been, where they were staying. That is Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary and the mother of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Um, Just to give us a simple outline as we would look at this passage, first note the where. Uh, that's it in verse 12, in the beginning of verse 13, that, that they traveled from the Mount of Olivet into the city of Jerusalem, into the upper room. And it was a journey of about almost a mile, probably three quarters of a mile. But the point is they needed to be someplace alone, someplace undistracted, someplace where they could gather their thoughts and be focused on the the matter at hand, which we will see is to be prayer. And so um, I think it's significant for us to set aside this time uh, to be focused intentionally uh, upon prayer, though we're not in one geographical location. We are in one uh, space or place technologically right now. I'm even looking at all your faces. And so we are uh, likewise in one place. 
So that's the where, and I think that 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 is important to come together. I, I think there's a spiritual leverage. As I hear you pray, it encourages me to pray. And as you hear me pray, it should be an encouragement to you to pray. And so there is great value in praying, not just individually alone, but corporately, collectively together. Um, that there is a uniting of, of heart and soul together where it really it's one plus one plus one equals 20. Uh, th- there's a spiritual leveraging here. So this is good for us to be together just like the early church was. So that's the where. The second is the who. And this is, I think, very significant as Luke records this. He lays emphasis in verse 13 that it was the spiritual leaders. Um, This wasn't just a woman's ministry that the men were to lead out. Uh, The men, uh, especially the men who were the preachers, uh, the men who were the apostles and the disciples, it wasn't limited to them, but their mere presence here in the upper room underscores the importance of, of this gathering for prayer. And so we see that they are there in verse 13. I don't need to read back through that list of names, but also then uh, the women. And we don't know who all of these women were. Um, No doubt the women who were at the foot of the cross and the women who came to the empty tomb and um, other women as well who had financially supported Jesus's ministry. Uh, Luke 11, at the beginning of the chapter, we see a list of women who really... uh, undergirded financially uh, the ministry, Um, and no doubt they would have been there, and then uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I think Luke adds this, so there's no confusion here. Even Mary is praying to Jesus. No one's praying to Mary. Uh, Mary is praying to Jesus, And, and then his brothers. Well, his brothers had not been converted yet um, during his earthly ministry, and so it would appear that during his post-resurrection period before his ascension, that his brothers, James and Jude, would have come to a saving knowledge. But the point is uh, that they have come together. Verse 15 tells it's 120 of them. So this is a significant gathering, and it's almost like the boiler room uh, of, of, of a ship going across the ocean. It's, it's the, the, the place where the power um, is being um, generated and, and will be unleashed. I mean, we all know the story of Spurgeon and the man asking about the power of his preaching, and he takes him down to the basement and shows him a room where there's like 200 men praying directly under his pulpit, and all those prayers literally going through the pulpit to get to the heights of heaven uh, to God. And that's, this is the boiler room right here. And these are the people who are laboring in prayer. The what uh, we, we see is the word prayer. And it's, it, it's a Greek word. It's a compound Greek word. Um, the, the main root word means soul. And the prefix, it means face-to-face or toward. And the idea is the intensity uh, of, of this prayer being face-to-face with God, um, quorum Deo, in, in the face of God, in the very presence of God, 
Um, and so it, it really just shows how directed towards God with, with, a, with fervency and intensity. It, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the volume of the voice. It just means the intensity of the heart, the narrowness of the focus, uh, being myoptic and locking in um, on God and almost like a racehorse with blinders, blocking out all side distractions. And then that leads to fourth and finally, the how. We've seen the where, the who, the what, now the how. And we, we see that in verse 14. Uh, they all with one mind. Uh, so they're in one place with one mind. And one mind, the idea here is their spiritual unity of purpose, that they're not pulled in 14 different directions. That they, that they have gathered together to knock on heaven's door, uh, to call upon the name of the Lord. And for the first time now, they're exercising this privilege in prayer to pray in Jesus' name, which he had laid out in John chapter 14. And, and so they, they are together, uh, all with one mind, and we read that they were continually devoting themselves to prayer. And continually devoting themselves is just one word in the original language. And it really means to be persistent towards. Uh, it means to be steadfast towards. Uh, the idea is to be earnest towards. And, and, and again, it has that same prefix at the beginning of the word. It's a compound word. And the idea is just being face to face. And with God in this earnestness um, in prayer. And so it's by no happenstance that as Luke records this, that he positions prayer in chapter one before the power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed from heaven in chapter two. And Peter preaches and 3,000 souls are saved. And it just starts this extraordinary movement of of what we read in the book of Acts, but it all begins with, with, this, with this prayer meeting that, that was an extended uh, prayer meeting. So I think this should be an encouragement to us that we are doing something uh, singularly important, that this is a priority. This is not a peripheral thing that we're doing, that we are able to affect the work of God around the world because we're praying to the one who affects his own work around the world. So uh, let us be encouraged. This is uh, intentionally placed here uh, that it would draw our attention and really underscore uh, the importance uh, of prayer to the work of God and to the, to the success and to the effectiveness um, of the word of God uh, in the ministry. So I'm sure I've probably run a stop sign, Stephen, and, and gone longer than my 10 minutes. Um, but hopefully this is something of what you were hoping for as far as a devotion and prayer.